0: I am your host, Roy Biancolana, and I want to tell you just from the very beginning um, that I'm afraid this might be the least downloaded or listened to episode that I ever create. Now, you're listening already, so that's fantastic. But just to give you a little window into what happens over here, You know, when I thought about this topic, I'm thinking, I don't know if anybody's going to be really interested in devoting, I don't know what, 40, 45, 50 minutes to this topic. Because I think most people feel like, well, maybe I need to grow in some areas. Maybe I need to work on some areas of my life. Maybe I need to learn certain things that I don't know. But curiosity isn't one of them. See, I'm worried that there's a lot of people who might not listen to this because they feel like, hey, man, I nail that curiosity thing, right? I'm committed to learning. I'm committed to growing. I, I want to develop as a person. I, I, I want to learn about myself and, and so forth. And, and if you're listening to this, uh, I'm really not worried about you <laughs> because you are listening. <laughs> but I really wrestled with trying to come up with a title that would, you know, hook some people that would make them say, well, maybe I do need to listen to this, even though I think I'm already curious. And so there's nothing here for me to see, right? I've, I've already mastered that one. So I'll wait till next week's episode, or I'll wait to something that comes, comes up on the podcast that seems more relevant to me. So that was my fear because Actually, being curious is the premier value in conscious living and conscious loving. I really believe that. I've seen it so many times in my own life and other people's lives. And I've been on a path of trying to wake up and be a conscious human being now for almost 20 years. And the underlying foundational value of it all sort of the value that makes living consciously or becoming more self-aware or just improving as a person the foundational value is curiosity and i've also found that we don't we don't embody this value as much as we think we do we we might champion ourselves in this area but and i think i would have in the past but i have seen over and over again in my life that i slip into not being curious meaning i slip into i'm right i want to be right i am right i'm committed to being right it it's so easy to slip out of a place of openness and a willingness to learn to a place of being closed or defensive and wanting to be right. Right? So but really the issue of being curious is the foundation of all growth and all learning. It is certainly the foundation of living a conscious life. Like, what does it mean to live consciously? What does it what does it mean to be conscious? Well conscious means you're sort of awake right? You're aware. Um, And so what does it take to be aware? Doesn't it take an attitude where you're sort of wanting to learn what you're aware of or what you're not aware of, what you're seeing or what you're missing, what you know, but maybe what you don't know? Like a person who's really curious is not all that concerned with what they know. They're sort of worried about what they don't know that they don't know, right? So curiosity is the primary value and it really is the secret to attracting lasting love, which is the title of this, this episode. It really is the secret for without curiosity, and I mean a moment to moment curiosity, without it... um. Well, here's what happens. Here's sort of what curiosity does. When you're curious, it will eliminate drama in your life. But when you're sort of committed to being right, when you think you know the truth about yourself, about someone else, about a situation, you know, when you are attached to your beliefs, When you believe your opinions are not just simply opinions that they are, but they're right, they're true, right? When you're sort of closed off and living in a place of conviction, I'm right about this, you, you will create drama because the definition of drama is when two people are both wanting to be right. That's why you argue. That's why there's, you know, the victim villain dynamic, you know, you're right, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, right? You're doing this to me and it's your fault, right? When you point the finger of blame, what's behind that is that you believe you're right, that it is their fault, that otherwise you wouldn't point the finger if you you weren't sure, right? So, Without curiosity, you are going to experience drama and death. Okay? Here's what I mean by that. I, I can mean that literally. Right? So, members of the Taliban or ISIS or something, they are so sure that they are right that they will kill to defend their beliefs. Right? To defend what they think is right. Okay, now you and I might not be so archaic and barbaric, but when we aren't curious and we want to be right, it does lead to the death of relationships. It will lead to divorce. It will lead to being dumped. It will, it will lead to drama. And when there's enough drama, people eventually break up. They eventually friendships die, you know, sibling relationships fall apart Um, Parent-child relationships grow distant, okay? But when you are curious, it eliminates drama. Because again, drama only exists when people are wanting to be right. But if there's an issue and people are saying, I'm willing to learn from what you're saying. I'm willing to look for what I might be missing. I'm willing to challenge my own beliefs I'm willing to inquire sort of into what I think I know and maybe look for something that I, that I don't know. See, when you're in that space, it's pretty hard to argue, pretty hard to have drama when you're actually open to the other person having a perspective that's worth listening to. You know, when you're really in a place where you're questioning your own beliefs and your own judgments and your own thoughts and your own stories, when you're really in a place like saying, okay, this is kind of how I see it, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm really right. I mean, based upon where I'm looking from and from my experiences, it sure seems like this is right, but because I really haven't experienced everything in the world, I hold my opinions and my beliefs very loosely. So when you put curiosity around your beliefs and your judgments and your opinions, you end up not creating drama because when you're curious, you're not defending anything, right? You only get defensive and you only attack when you think you're right about something and when someone's challenging what you think is right, you can take it personally. Like the ego gets threatened, right? So that's the, the first thing that, why curiosity is the secret to attracting lasting love is that it eliminates drama. It, it, it enables you to connect because when you're committed to being right, when you want to be right, when you need to be right, when you will defend yourself at all costs, because your ego can't stand the possibility that maybe you missed something, that maybe your perspective is lacking something, or that maybe you were just flat out wrong, you know, that is going to create drama and that's going to lead to death you know, relational death and so forth. The second thing that curiosity does and why it's the secret to attracting lasting love is that it's the key to breaking patterns. And it's the key to having aha moments, right? When you're curious, what you're saying is you're in a place of wonder about certain patterns that you're experiencing, right whether you keep attracting unavailable people or you keep your relationships don't go longer than a couple of months or you know you, you you get feedback from partners that you're intimidating or that you're selfish or something like something like that you know when you're curious and you're willing to learn you then you then look at your patterns in a way that leads to seeing something that maybe you hadn't seen before, right? But when when you're committed to being right, when you think you're right, when you know you're right, when you need to be right, then there really is no need for any investigation. There's no need for any question. It's done. It's settled. You know, my love life is this way because... Of such and such or because of this or that. And I know it's true. So why would I bother wondering about what I'm missing? Why would I be concerned about trying to see something that I haven't seen before? No, no, I already know I'm right. There's no need for any of that. Boy, I wonder if that's true, right? So when you, when you believe something is true, you, what's the need for curiosity right so in my book relationship boot camp um i believe it's chapter 3 there's a section in the book there where i i kind of ask the reader what is the real reason you're single okay now i love using those kind of phrases because they they sort of intimate that there's a reason you think you're single and then there's a real reason that you might not be aware of Okay, and in the book, I listed I think almost twenty-five different things that I've heard people say over the years of me being a coach as to why they're single. And every time someone said these things, they said them from a place where they really thought they were right. They there was no doubt. There was like, yeah, that's why I'm single. There was no curiosity. They they weren't saying it from a place of well, here's here's one of my theories, but I don't know if it's true. It, 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 kind of seems true, but, but maybe it's not, maybe I'm missing something, but right. So they weren't holding their, their viewpoints and their opinions and their beliefs loosely. They weren't holding them in a space of, man, this might, the opposite of this might be true, right? They were holding them in a place of no, this is my conviction. This is true. This is real. Let me read you a couple of them. You can ask someone, so why are you single? And they might say, well, I just haven't met the right person yet. Right? That's why I'm single. Now, listen to that. Where is that coming from? Is there any curiosity in that or is it coming from a place of, no, that's the truth. That's that's why I'm single. I just haven't met the right person yet. But what if that's not the reason? What if it's just how it looks to your mind? But what if your mind isn't aware of all the information in the universe about your love life and the way it's gone? Like, what if your mind is missing something? What if it's not aware of something? When you operate by the commitment of curiosity, you wouldn't say that phrase. You might say, well, one part of me thinks I just haven't met the right person yet, but maybe there's a reason I haven't met the right person. Maybe I'm missing something about myself or I'm not noticing something. So, hmm, I wonder. I wonder I wonder if that's really why I'm single. See, so when you're in that space around something that you believe or something your mind tells you, you then open yourself up to aha moments because you're basically saying to the universe, okay, here's what I think, but I might be wrong. In fact, the opposite of what I believe or the opposite of my story might be true or even truer, right? And when you're in that space saying, well, here's what I think or here's my opinion or here's my judgment or this is what it seems like to me, But I'm not, but I'm open to learning something that I've never seen before. When you're in that place, it's as if you are willing to allow wisdom and insight to come to you. Because you're actually putting yourself in a position where you're open to it. It's like the universe can give you a download because you have made yourself available to learn something that you never saw before, right? So when I'm working with clients, these statements are really important because if my clients are not, if they're not willing to question the belief that they're single because they haven't met the right person yet, well, then how could I ever help them? How, How do they ever, you know, You're you're going to be locked into fate or whatever you call it, or luck, okay? So another one would be people say, you know, uh, I won't go to bars or do online dating. That's why I'm single, okay? And again, you could say that as, you know, that's it. That's the truth. I won't go to bars or do online dating. That's why I'm single. And I often say, so everybody who's in a relationship met their partner at a bar or online, and, and then they're like, oh, uh, 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 uh. is it possible that you might be single for another reason other than you won't go to a bar or date online? And some people will defend that. They'll say, no, no, I just, where else do you meet people? You just got to do it that way. And I don't want to do those kind of things. So that's why I'm single. Okay. You can maintain that you're right about that, but you'll, you won't break any pattern. you, you, you won't, nothing new is going to happen to your life. But if you were to say, okay, it seems like that, but okay, I'll bring curiosity. Maybe I'm single for some other reason, you know, other than I don't want to go to a bar or do online dating. Hmm. Hmm. So the minute you are open to some other reason, that's what curiosity is. And then you are sort of opening yourself up to the possibility of an aha. Oh, you might discover there's a whole nother reason that you're single that you weren't even aware of something, something about your childhood conditioning or a relationship persona or some aspect of your personality type, or you're holding on to the past and your heart is blocked or who knows there, there are hundreds of things that we could learn about ourselves as to why our love life isn't the way we want it to be. But we'll, We'll never open ourselves up to seeing what we don't see if we are just committed to being right and we're defending some of these beliefs. Here's one. I have a lot of emotional baggage from my past. That's why I'm single. My work and travel schedule is crazy. That's why I'm scheduled. That's why I'm single. Really? So people that work a lot and and maybe are traveling salesmen or on the road a lot, none of them are in relationships? (laughs) Oh, well, okay, maybe those things are a hindrance. Maybe it makes it difficult, but since not everybody that has a crazy work schedule and travels a lot is single, then maybe you're single for some other reason. I'm too busy with my kids. That's why I'm single. I'm just too busy. Really? People that are busy and raising kids as a single parent, they never end up meeting someone and getting married? Really? Okay. Do do you get my point here? My, My book goes through like 25 of these things. So what I'm getting at here is that we're not as curious as we think we are. The ego really wants to be right, to defend itself. So let me just return to one one more thing. So I was trying to kind of lay out why curiosity is the secret to attracting lasting love. First, it eliminates drama, and, and it will eliminate the death of relationships. Right, because you just can't get into drama. If you're not defending yourself or your positions, if you're really a good listener and you truly are open to learning what the other person's saying, even if they're criticizing you or something, if you're truly open and present, there is no drama. It's only when you close down and get defensive and you want to be right and you defend your beliefs and your judgments and your opinions, you know, your opinions become facts your your stories become you no. Know, it's, it's reality. You know that's that's where drama comes from. And then the second thing is it is curiosity breaks patterns. It it opens you up to learning, to having aha moments. You can never see what you haven't seen before unless you are curious. But if you if you know you got it all figured out, if you know that you're single because. I just have kids and this and that, or I don't want to date online, or all the good ones are taken or gay, or I just haven't met the right person yet. When you've kind of landed on that as truth and not a story that your mind is just making up, you know, then you're 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 not going to attract lasting love. You're you're blocking yourself. But curiosity does bring about Aha moments and that breaks patterns. Okay? And the last thing, this is pretty this is pretty basic, but um, when you're not curious, you're not very likable. Like who really likes to be around and know it all? A person that just thinks they're right about everything, that never wants to see another point of view. Right? You you, you could look at Politics on TV, you know, aren't aren't a lot of the people who are in politics on television? Aren't they sort of unlikable people? (laughs) Maybe that's my own story. I don't know. Maybe I should be curious about that. But it just seems like when when they go on their TV shows and this and that, and all they do is harp on how they're right and the other side is wrong, and. And they never have a moment of saying, hmm, "I wonder, I wonder, you know, I wonder if that Democrat has a point, or I wonder if that Republican or that conservative is making a pretty good point." Hmm, right? They never do that. They're they're all defending their positions, and they're sort of annoying, right? Now, I know this from personal experience because when I'm caught. Being right and wanting to be right, which happens a ton with me. I mean, I'm 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 talking about this value because I need to grow in it as much as anyone. When I'm that way, I'm not real likable. I don't know if I like myself, but I can feel that people don't feel drawn to me. They, you know what I mean. You're just kind of a turnoff. You're just kind of arrogant, and you know what I'm saying. So. So that's going to affect your ability to attract lasting love. <laughs> when when you're going on dates and you're interacting with people and you're coming from a place where you're defending yourself and you're right about your politics or your religion or you know the way online dating is or what men are like or what women are like or you know all these different things when you're just right and wanting to be right about it i just think i just think you're kind of yucky you're kind of a turnoff you know and you're not fun to be around and you're not very likable i just think it sabotages your love life okay now i want to shift into why curiosity is the only sort of value that makes sense it to not be curious Really doesn't make any sense, and I'm right about that. <laughs> no, no. Listen, hear me out on this. When you understand the nature of the mind and how it comes up with its beliefs and its judgments, and 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 what it believes is true, when you understand the mechanism of the mind, you'll you will immediately become curious. Right now, I've talked about this a little bit in some other podcasts. But remember, your mind, I guess we could describe it as sort of like a computer. And a computer is only as smart or as good as the data or programs that are loaded into it. Right? It, a computer doesn't have its own innate knowledge. It, it, it's just a, a hunk of metal and circuits and, and stuff like that it it sort of has knowledge or what knowledge it has is based upon what's been programmed into it. So the computer doesn't know anything beyond its programming. Right? It's not possible for the, pro, for the computer to know something it hasn't been programmed with. Okay. In other words, if you were to program your computer, put some weird program in there, that says 2 plus 2 is 5, and then you open up your little calculator on your on your menu board, the little icon, and you type in 2 plus 2 and hit the equal sign, it's going to tell you 5. And if the computer could talk to you, if you could say, computer, are you right about that? It would say, hell yes, I'm right about that. Without question, I'm right about that. And sort of in the computer's mind, well, it really is right. I mean, based on its programming, based on the knowledge it has, two plus two does equal five. But you see, the computer doesn't have enough self-awareness to know that what I know is totally limited to what I've been programmed with. Like what I know is limited to the data that's been put into me. And if it knew that, it would say, okay, well, my programming says 2 plus 2 equals 5, but I don't really know because I don't know everything. I don't have all the information in the universe in my computer. All I have is what's been put into me. Now, that's the same with you. You are like a computer. Your whole life is you're like a computer and your experiences and your conditioning, who you've talked to, what you've learned in school and conversations and what you've seen on television and stuff like you think that that's a lot of information. You think that you have got so much data that's come into you over your 40 or 50 or 60 years. You don't, it's a sliver of what's going on in the entire universe or even on this planet, right? You really haven't experienced anything in relation to the 8 billion people that are on this planet and all the things they're going through and dealing with and having happen so all that all that's in your brain is limited by your experiences and so when i ask your brain why are you single or something your brain's going to kick out an answer just like the computer will kick out an answer and you will think you're right and based upon the information you've been programmed with and your experiences well you are right based on that limited perspective but unless you recognize that man my programming is limited my experiences are very limited like I don't know everything there is to know about all of these subjects. Un- unless, unless you're aware of that, then you will double down and say, "No, 2 plus 2 is 5. I'm right about this." I'm single because I don't go to bars and I don't do online dating. Th- that's why you f- that's why it feels like you're so right about your politics or about your religion or about men or women or dating and relationships, people, is because, yeah, you've had your experiences. You've had the data programmed into you. And whenever I ask your mind a question about these kind of things, the only way it can answer is by going into your data that's been collected and come up with an answer. Your brain can't go outside of itself. And call upon wisdom it's never been made aware of. It's going to go to what it has and what it knows. And it's going to give you an answer. And if I ask you, are you right about that? You're going to say, hell yes, I'm right about that. And really to you, it is true. Except that there's a lot of data out there in the world that has never been put into your equation. It's never been put into your operating system. And if it was, then you say, oh, oh, wait a minute, now that I have all that data, all that information, now that I've experienced all of this or all of that, and I've been here and talked to that person and did this and did that, the more experience I have, oh, well then, no, I'm not so sure I'm right. That's curiosity. Curiosity is the awareness that you don't have all the information available and therefore you can never really say i'm right about this does that make sense that's why they they say people the smarter they get the less sure they become well that's why they sort of understand even scientists scientists will tell you about the universe but the good science right? Like Neil deGrasse Tyson, I listened to his podcast. It's called Star Talk. It's fascinating. I love science stuff. Um, but he will tell you, you know, as of what we know right now, here's the truth about the universe. But, but he'll say, listen, we thought the earth was flat 500 years ago. And we thought we were right about that. We weren't. So we've kind of learned our lessons that at this present moment, given our science and the strength of our telescopes and our understanding of physics, this is what it appears, but we hold it loosely because we may learn some things down the road that will change everything. Quantum mechanics, all this kind of, they, they all recognize that science isn't done. It's, there's no right to it. There's a continuing learning. And so scientists are, are really, the good ones are curious they're willing to learn they they know that what they understand now is just based on the limited information that they're able to figure out but there might be some stuff that they don't even know yet about the speed of light and about how it interacts with matter and right now we can be the same way and when we are it changes everything in our love lives it ch- it changes It changes everything because you just enter into this world of wonder. I wonder why I'm single. I wonder what I'm missing. And you will become, the more curious you are, more interested in what you don't see than you are in your own silly beliefs. Your own silly beliefs and ideas about dating and relationships and what men like and what women like, that will become so trivial to you because because there's this huge vast amount of information that you're not aware of that will be the part that will say man i want to know what i don't know i'm way more interested in what's unconscious in me than what my beliefs are what my stories are right and so that's what gives rise to this idea in consciousness that the opposite of your story or your belief or your judgment could be as true or truer than your original story. You know so little that what you believe, the truth might be exactly the opposite. That's what a conscious person does in their life. Now, this doesn't mean you don't have beliefs. It doesn't mean you don't, have an opinion. Doesn't mean you don't have a political opinion, a religious opinion. Doesn't mean you don't have an opinion about men or dating or online dating or masculine, feminine issues. Doesn't doesn't mean you don't have thoughts and opinions. You just hold them loosely. You, you just see it. It's just an opinion. It's not a fact. It's, it's just the way it seems to me. But I'm not saying it's the absolute truth. The arrogance to say you know the absolute truth about something, about men, women, dating, you know, sexual chemistry, why you're single, you know, why your your marriage didn't work out, right? It's real easy to be right. Well, my marriage didn't work out because my husband was an asshole. Hmm. Maybe the opposite of that is true. Maybe there's something you're missing about why your marriage went down the tubes. See now, this is why second marriages have a higher divorce rate than the first because people aren't curious. When you're not curious, you're going to repeat patterns. So when you go through a divorce, if you don't bring curiosity to it and say, you know, what, am, what could I learn here? What am I missing? I, I, I know my mind says... That the problem was with my, my partner. They did this. They were this way. They had these problems. They did these things. And that's why it broke up, right? If you don't have curiosity about, okay, what am I missing about our marriage? Then you will take your conviction and you won't look at yourself. You won't look for what you aren't seeing and you'll go find another partner. And whatever that unconscious stuff you were doing the part that you didn't want to see or didn't, you didn't want to look for or you didn't think existed is you're going to bring that with you and you're going to get into another relationship and it's going to create the same results. That's why second marriages end in divorce more frequently than first. It should be the other way around. If people left relationships without blame and really was really curious and did some work about Okay, why did it go downhill? What did I do? What am I missing? What, what are my personality blind spots? How, how are my relationship personas involved in this? What did I do to create this dynamic? If there was infidelity, well, what did I do to create an atmosphere where my partner went outside the relationship for emotional and sexual connection? See, if you don't ask those questions, you'll never have the aha moment. You'll never have the learning. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Now I see it. If you don't have that happen to you, you're going to go blindly into the next relationship and you're going to do the same thing all over again. But if you are curious, right, then you have the aha moments because your second marriage, you it should be better than your first if you've learned anything, right? But most of us are not really committed to learning. We're committed to defending ourselves. Because we have so much at stake being right. And I just take take the illustration of if you experienced infidelity in your relationship, right? It It's so easy and it feels so good to the ego to just point the finger at that person. It's not... The ego doesn't like to say, well, what's my part? Ooh, what can I learn about that? Right? No, 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 don't you do... See, This is where all this people jump into, oh, don't you victim shame, okay? I'm not victim shaming. I'm not shaming anyone. I'm saying, do you want to be curious about the results in your life? Do you want to respond to your experiences and your circumstances from a place of wanting to learn about what you don't see or do you just want to defend yourself and be right. If you just want to be right, you won't learn anything and you're, you're going to have the same problems over and over again. it be like relationship groundhog day. But if you want to be curious and swallow the ego, right? Curiosity and the ego are antithetical to one another. There is no ego that wants to be curious. Egos want to defend themselves and be right. Okay. So curiosity is the key to attracting lasting love because it ends the patterns and it it allows you to see things you you haven't seen before. Does that make sense? So let's talk about one last thing, okay? This is this is maybe the extra credit part. This is the part where if you already don't want to smash me in the face because of some things I've already said, um, you know, because to challenge someone to be curious about their own divorce when they're sure it's the other person's fault, um, you know, that, that can get a little rise out of someone's ego. Um, so if you're already not wanting to jump through the, uh, the radio, or through whatever device you're listening to me on, and, and choke me. <laughs> now, let me give you another. Let me give you a reason why you really might want to. Okay, so he, here's the way a con- here's the way a conscious person operates when you really are committed to learning. Okay, now again, I'm here to tell you that this I struggle with this one as much as any other value of living consciously. I, I really do. I'm, I'm. I'm not just saying that so you. I makes myself look good. No, I really think I'm right about things, and I want to be right. And I, and my ego needs to be right. And I, it's like a survival thing. I can't admit that I'm wrong, or that somebody else has something to share that maybe I could learn from. Right. So I'm not good at this. Um. But it really holds me back in my professional life and my personal life whenever I'm, you know, really wanting to be right. So let's take the issue of feedback. Or we won't use that euphemism. How about criticism? Okay? If you're a person who lives by the value of curiosity and you say, you know what? I want to be a person who is committed to learning. And being curious rather than a person who is closed and defensive and just wants to be right. You know, I want to be open. I want to learn. I'm really interested in seeing what I don't see. If that's where you want to be, then you will have the strangest relationship to people's criticism that you could ever imagine. Any kind of criticism. Even if it's meant to attack you and hurt you and, and, you know, make fun of you or when you're in a place saying, I'm the most important value in my life is I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to grow in self-awareness. Then you take criticism. You see it in a whole different light than the normal person would when they're wrapped up in ego. <laughs> And that is when you're criticized, your starting position is to say, how is that true? Not, is it true? You're starting from the place, it's true. I just don't see it. They see it. They're slamming me in the face with it. They may be giving me criticism in an ugly way, in a way to hurt me. It may be criticism that's coming in a constructive way, right? I'm getting feedback from my boss, from my friends, from my partner or my ex or my children. They're saying something to me. Maybe it's critical. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? From a place of curiosity, you don't get defensive and you don't argue and you don't defend how it's not true. How dare you say that to me? That's not true. In fact, you're the one who does that. No, that's just wanting to be right. That's drama. When you're in a place of curiosity and someone says, you know, I don't think you like women. Or someone says, you're an arrogant son of a bitch. Or someone says, um, You you have an aura of, you know, impenetrability or I, I don't know what it is. Anytime someone criticizes you, if you're in a place of curiosity, you start with, okay, deep breath. How is that true? And you really look in your life and you look for how it's true. In other words, it doesn't matter the motive of the person sharing it. You are saying that they're seeing something about me that I don't. And because I'm really interested in learning, I am going to swallow my ego and my pride and I'm not going to defend myself and I'm not going to argue. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to agree and I'm going to say, thank you. That's true of me. And then I'm going to really think about how it's true. I'm really going to give time to, I'm really going to consider it. Now, after a couple days of considering someone's criticism, if you cannot find any evidence of it, and if you've gone to a number of trusted friends that you know will tell you the truth and you tell them what you've been criticized with, the feedback you've gotten, and they look at you and say, man, Roy, I don't see that. Okay, then you can drop it but that'll be one out of a hundred times because I'm here to tell you uh, I'm 61 years old and I've been criticized like you thousands of times. Okay. I mean, I've been married a couple times. I've gone through one divorce. I've been dumped by a fiance. I've had lots of drama in my relationships. Um, so you can imagine the amount of negativity that's been spewed my direction. Okay, I mean, I, I had a couple of women in my life that were world-class, verbally abusive people, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you read my first book, read, read the prologue of my first book and you'll know what I mean, okay? And, you know, back in my past from like 1990 to 1997, I was a pastor of a church. You get lots of feedback when you're the pastor of a church about your messages, about your manner, about your leadership. You know what I mean? And I've been a father for 27 years coming up later this month, 27 years. I've gotten lots of feedback from my son. I've gotten criticism from my son, okay? Never once could I not find some truth in what someone said if I was really willing to look. Not a single thing that anybody has ever said to me could I not find that at least it's partially true, if not totally true. I mean, the things that some of my ex-girlfriends said to me, oh, my God, I defended my I remember my ex-fiancee, before she broke up with me, she just said, Roy, it's like, I just can't take it anymore. It's like, no matter what I do, it's never enough for you. No matter how much we have sex, it's never enough. No matter how much time we spend together, it's never enough. I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. I just can't do it anymore. It's never enough. And I remember arguing with her. That's not true. I'm just a normal guy. Right? I'm just this or that or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I defended myself. But it was true. It was so true. Oh my God, I wish I could talk to her right now and say you were so damn right. Thank you. I couldn't hear it at the time because I was so triggered and reactive and defensive and I was such an egomaniac. I couldn't stop and really hear that you were were giving me such great feedback on what it was like to be in a relationship with me, how you were experiencing me. I could have taken that and made changes. I don't know if the relationship... Would have been saved. Probably not. But because I didn't hear it, I repeated that pattern for many, many years in relationships. Until one day it kind of dawned on me. Dude, you're like a relationship addict, man. It's like you can never get enough of your drug. You you need so much love and attention and affection. You know, you got a problem with this, dude. It's like, oh, man. My ex-fiance was right years ago. Right? Right? So I have just never gotten a piece of criticism from when I was pastoring in a church to my wives, from my kids, from friends. Never once could I honestly say there's no truth there. And that's because I just wasn't a person committed to learning and being curious. I was committed to defending my ego and my image of myself myself. I was committed. To just I needed to be right. I, I I was wanting to be right. So try that on. I, I'm thinking by the time the day ends, whenever you're listening to this, by the end of the day today, whatever day that is, you're listening, you're going to get criticized in some way, maybe directly and overtly and in your face, or maybe kind of subtly. You know, in kind of a little backward way, or maybe someone says it in kind of a joke. You know what I mean? Because they don't have the guts to just come out and say something. But you're going to be you're you're going to get feedback from someone that will initially not feel so good. That will feel, you'll feel your body want to fight, want to want to respond, want to argue, want to say it's not true. I'm challenging you just for today. The first time somebody gives you feedback or criticizes you, see if just inside of yourself, if you can be in the place of saying, how is it true? How is what they're saying to me true? What could I learn from what they're sharing? And then if you really want bonus points, say it to them saying, you know what? I am really going to consider how that's true. You just told me I'm a low-life lying son of a bitch. (laughs) Whatever words come out, right? You've just told me X, Y, and Z. And wow, I can feel myself want to argue with you on that. But you know what? I'm really going to consider how that is true. In fact, I'm believing that it is true and I just don't see it. So thank you. Thank you for that. Maybe I'm going to learn something about myself. And then you go off and you really mull that over and you and I'm telling you you're gonna find oh yeah mm- mm-hmm. yep yep yep. I don't like it that they pointed it out. I don't want to admit that they were right because that means they win. See that's just ego. but you can say, you know what they were right. They were I am that way. I've got that part of me. I've got I've got that quality. Oh I can fall into that right? But I'm telling you, when you meet something with how is it true? And you take a breath and you're able to say, yeah, I, that's true. I can do that. It is the feeling in your body is unbelievably exciting because you're going to realize that everything exists in you, that you are not so holy and righteous as you think you are, right? That, that, All good and all bad are in you. You are the entire universe in your own body. Everything that exists, exists in you. Don't tell me there's not a racist part of you. Don't tell me that there's not a bigoted part of you. Don't tell me that you don't have any hatred in you for anyone. Don't tell me that you, don't tell me any of that. It's there. It's there. It ain't nobody that's pure. But it's so liberating to say, yeah, you know, that's true of me. And that puts you in the space where you can learn and grow. I want to work on that. I want to let that part of me go. You know what? My ex-fiance, you know what? You're right. It's never enough. Man, I have been... I have been so needy with Widma my whole life. I, I'm going to work on that. I And I accept that about myself. I, it makes sense to me. I know why I'm that way. I, I, I get it. It's okay. And I know it's something that makes it difficult to relate with me. And, and I'm going to work on that. Could you help me in some way? Could you point out to me whenever you're feeling me, me that it's never enough, when I'm kind of being never enough Ned you know, could could you kind of give me a nudge, right? See, that transforms a relationship. So if you're in a relationship right now and listening to me, if you're married to someone, if you're dating someone, you're going to get feedback from them. <laughs> you're just going to get it all the time, <laughs> okay? What would happen if you just, instead of you saying, is it true, and then you have to decide, no, it's not, yes, it is, no, it's not. What if you just started from the place, no, it is true? I mean, how is it true? What would happen to your arguments? They would stop. How do you argue when someone says, you never listen to me? Okay, now, that's not really true. Like, never listen to me. I mean, you're listening to them say that, right? But you know what they're saying. You don't listen to me. What if What if instead of saying, yes, I do, I'm a good listener. In fact, you're the one that never really pays attention to me. You're always on your phone. You're always doing this. You're always doing that, right? There you go. Now you're in drama. Now you're going to argue about who's the Worst listener. But if they say you never listen to me, what if you say, you know what? I can really see how that's true. In fact, there are many times when I'm not present with you. You know, I get that. That's got to be really hurtful to have someone who says he cares about you and sometimes is here but not here or dismisses your opinions. I get that. I do that. I own that. Are you going to have an argument? How do you argue with that? You basically agreed with them. But that's hard on the ego. To give them like, you know, the power. Oh, they're right. No, you're you're just saying, I'm just committed to learning and growing. More than I'm committed to defending myself and being right. You know, F my ego. I'm really concerned about learning and growing in self-awareness and learning and And being a better person. So when you say, I don't listen, I'm going to say, how is that true? In fact, I wonder if other people in my life think that's true. I wonder if that's hurting me at work. I wonder if it's hurting me with my friendships. I wonder if that's hurting me with my kids. Maybe I've always thought that I was a person who was a listener, but I'm getting feedback that I don't listen. How is it true? Do you see what would happen in your life? <laughs> do you see you wouldn't have any drama? Do you see you might get some aha moments that would end patterns? And do you see how much more likable you would be when you're just open and like willing to listen to someone and and willing to learn and willing to take ownership rather than defend and argue and attack and fight back and point the finger at them? Curiosity the premier value in a conscious person's life. Nothing else comes close. There is no consciousness. There is no growth. There is no self-improvement. There is no deepening and awakening and changing without curiosity. So your practical application, don't get lost in the theory here, the practical application How many times a day can you say to someone or to some situation, how is it true? How is it true? How is it true? Can that be your first response when someone lovingly gets in your face or hatefully gets in your face? Can you respond, hmm, how is that true? I don't see it. You see it. Thank you. I want to see it because I'm really concerned about learning more than I am about defending my self-image. All right, man, do I appreciate you for going through that? You, you, I'm, I'm having the sense that you're probably just feeling like you went through the um, the spin cycle in a in a washing machine, just churned and churned and spun and wrung out, right? Because We just threaten the very sense of ego in you and in me by calling you to be a learner, even in the most difficult situations. I mean, all of us love to learn when it's all, you know, happy and somebody's praising you, telling you how wonderful you are. Oh, I really love hearing that feedback. Oh, love it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm wonderful. I'm great. Sun sets on my head. Yep. But when someone tells you you're a piece of shit in some way (laughs) that you've let them down, you know, that you've got some attitude or some action or some some value or some way that you relate that is hurtful or annoying or whatever, oh, then that's when you find out whether you really want to learn or not. Everybody wants to learn when you're doing something right and you're being praised. But do you want to learn when someone's pointing something out to you that, that you go, ouch, like, ooh, geez, I don't know if I want to admit that. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's quite a bit for one day. And I will see you here next week on the next edition of the attracting lasting love podcast. You've been listening to attracting lasting love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.